0: Thank you for joining us on our Living Word Christian Center podcast. You're about to listen to one of our guest speakers. Open up your hearts and get ready to receive a word from the Lord. Come on, Living Word. Come on. We serve a living God. Can I hear an amen, somebody? Come on, give it up for Jesus. Yeah, yeah, come on. it's God being good to you? Woo! My God. Amen. Get your Bible with you this evening, and we're going to get right into it. It feels so good to be home. This is my home, amen? This is where my wife and I came in like 23 years ago, man, and how God just... Just totally changed our life. It began in this church, amen. Not in this building, but in this church, amen. And I thank God that I thank God for my pastor. And what an honor to be able to minister tonight, even as we celebrate uh, Pastora Stella's birthday. And uh, what an honor it is to, amen. And uh, uh, come on, give the give the Lord a hand clap. But go with me to Second Peter chapter one verse ten. And if you give me about 30 minutes of your time, I don't think it'll take longer than that. If it does, just you can leave. Just leave me here. Put me on the side right there. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 10. When you have it, say, I have it. <laughs> the Bible says, therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. Let me read it one more time. Therefore, my brothers and sisters... Make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. Let's pray. Father, we thank you tonight for your presence that is in this house, God. I pray, God, that tonight that you would just move by the power and by the anointing of your Holy Spirit, God. I pray, God, that tonight that you would inspire every heart, God, with your word tonight, God, that would get us, Lord, that would quicken us, God, Lord, for all that you have for our life, as we pursue the call that is upon our life, my God, we thank you tonight for everything that you're going to do, and we give you glory. And in the name of Jesus, everybody said, Amen. Amen. amen, and amen. Come on. You may be seated tonight in the presence of the Lord. Amen. And tonight, I want to minister a little bit on the topic, the importance of the call of God. And I'm going to lay a little foundation, and then let's see where it goes, but it's so important the call of God that is on your life, that is on my life. As a matter of fact, it's the most important thing that other than our salvation that that, that God really put inside of us, because when you begin to pursue the call of God, it's like the missing piece of puzzle that is in your life that you try to fill with the things of the world. with a man you know I'm I'm, I'm talking to the men's home or with and with the women and you know and all hello somebody we're living in the 2023s amen so but when you begin to pursue the call of God it begins to put everything back in its rightful place and its proper perspective and your life really begins to make sense the purposes of God begin to unfold and and you're on for a ride. Can I hear an amen, somebody? How many know what I'm talking about tonight? That when the Holy Ghost, I look back at the years that my wife and I, man, we've been on a ride. And, and thank God we're, I, we're not driving, but we're in the car. Hello, somebody. And Jesus is driving. And, man, we have ups and downs. And, but praise the Lord, we're moving somewhere. Amen. But the call of God is so important. Right here, Peter writes, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. When you look at that word confirm, it means to establish the truth or correctness of something previously believed. Something that had been instilled within your heart. The way I look at it is when you first believe, when you first gave your heart to Jesus Christ for the very first time and God began to just bring life into that dry barren place and then he began to speak to your heart he began to show you things he began to show you not only that he loved you and that, he had a, and, and that his grace was sufficient for you, but that he had a plan for your life, that there's a purpose why he saved you. Can I hear an amen, somebody? Amen. Some of us need to remember that day that when you gave your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, and man, he lifted the burden off of you. He came and embraced you. Uh, even though we were filthy, we were dirty, but he embraced us with his love. Uh, he poured his grace within to our life, uh, and man, we were on fire for God amen after that God began to work in us there was a gratefulness that swelled up within our heart that motivated us to pursue what God had in our life and then all of a sudden things happen life takes place in our and we begin to bury that we need to stir that thing up again can I hear an amen somebody it talks about it in revelation sometimes we got to return to our first love the way we return to our first love we got to do the things we did at first when you first got saved amen so Peter begins to remind everybody to confirm it by establishing the truth or the correctness of something previously believed then he said that if you do these things you'll never stumble how many are tired of stumbling okay there's only about five people that are being honest tonight it's okay you might have stumbled on the way in here tonight amen but stumble, It if you do these things, you'll never stumble. That word stumble means to trip, yes, sir. you know, to trip. But the tripping that takes place is in our mind. You start tripping in your mind because it means to trip, fall, or to be offended and then eventually stumble because you're not pursuing the call of God and you're not doing what God called you to do. You're not fulfilling the purpose of God and you're getting involved in other things. And that's when you begin to trip. That's when you're begin to get offended and begin to look at everybody else and what everybody else is doing and and then you begin to judge everybody and you get weird a little bit can I hear an amen somebody anybody ever get weird look at your neighbor real fast do they look weird if they don't then you're probably the weird one can I hear an amen somebody how many know God loves weirdos God loves weirdos amen and I don't know about you but I was a weirdo when I came in the house of God my pastor will tell you yeah, we were weird. Me and my wife were weird. We had a weird little car. We had a weird little family. We had a weird little problem. We live in a weird little apartment in a weird little city. But God brought us out of that weirdness, and He put soundness in us. Can I hear an amen? Somebody, God began to turn our life right side up. But the Bible says that if we confirm our calling and the call, our call of God is very important. The importance of the call of God. Why is the call of God so important? First of all, number one, that God's call is holy. It's holy. Paul writes to Timothy in 2 Timothy 1.9. He reminds Timothy, he says, Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, In other words, you can't win uh, your salvation, you can't earn it, but not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. Paul reminds Timothy that that call that was upon his life, it wasn't just a normal call that you would receive from somebody. A call means an invitation, but it was a holy calling. The apostle Paul declared that God had called us with a holy calling. In the Bible, the word holy is often to describe something or someone that is set apart for a sacred purpose, for a holy purpose. And then when you understand that the call that is upon your life is a holy calling, uh, that God set you apart for a time such as this. Can I hear an amen, somebody? That God allowed you to be alive at a time that we're living today because God set you apart before the foundations of the world uh, and he sanctified you. Can I hear an amen, somebody? That's what makes us holy in the call of God holy is because the blood of Jesus, the redeeming blood and power of Jesus Christ uh, is sanctified us can i hear an amen somebody if it's not our righteousness it's the righteousness of christ jesus Uh, our righteousness are as filthy rags uh, and we exchange that you lay that on the altar uh, and then jesus put his righteousness upon you and it becomes a holy calling i'm not talking about the holiness in your socks oh i got a holy calling no you got holy socks God's calling is holy. It's holy. To say that we carry a holy calling means that it is a privilege. It is a privilege to be able to be called by God. Considering where we came from. Considering who we really are. Can say If you want to be honest with yourself tonight, none of us in this room deserve uh, the ca- holy calling of God. It's only by the grace of God. So in understanding that, it's a privilege to be able to stand uh, and be an ambassador of Christ Jesus. Uh, it's a blessing to be, and a privilege to be able to represent uh, the kingdom of God. Uh, it's a It's a good thing. Can I hear an amen? It's an honorable thing. Uh, in today's life, they don't even consider that something to be honored. You know, they they put other things above that, but the Bible says that it's a good thing, it's a holy thing, and that it's a privilege to be able to have the opportunity, the opportunity which we should consider of great value. We should value the call of God because it's a privilege and God gave us an opportunity not only to live, uh, not only to experience the grace of God, uh, but to be used by the master. Can I hear an amen, somebody? It's a great opportunity and a, it's value. You got to value the call of God. You got to hold it up, man. You got to take care of it. You got to guard it you you, you got to labor in it. you got to look towards it every day. So the, God's calling is holy. And then the second thing that I have is that it's a heavenly calling. It's a heavenly calling. The Bible says in Hebrews 3.1, as Paul writes to the church of Jerusalem, he says, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, we who share in the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus, whom we acknowledge our, as our apostle and high priest. He tells his brothers and sisters there that are in Jerusalem that that they have a, whole, a heavenly calling upon their life. In other words, that that calling that came uh, their way is not something that was given by man, that it was not something of this earth, that when God called you, it's a heavenly calling that came from heaven, that God from heaven summons you. How many ever been summoned? Okay, I know I'm in the right place because you're all lying. Nobody has his hand up. Okay, you're not in court right now. Don't worry. Yeah, I, you know, I, we're not, I'm not undercover here or anything like that. working for the DA. <laughs> but how many have you been, been summons And you had summons to go to court or summons on jury duty, amen, or whatever it was. And you got a notice and that you had to show up. And you had to show up. And if you didn't show up, then you, you know, they will make sure that you showed up next time. Hello, somebody. And they'll give you a matching uh, bracelets that make sure you get in there. Amen. That's the same way. But God summons us. God summons us. He calls us and he calls us from heaven. It's a heavenly calling. It's a heavenly calling, and, and it comes from heaven, it, from the throne of grace, and even before the foundations of the world, the Bible says that God knew you and set you apart. Even before you were birthed into this world, and you came down the birth canal with your big old head, and caused so much pain to your mama, and you came in, uh, you know, uh, you, that you were called there. God had set you apart from the very foundations of the world, because it came, it was established in heaven, and if you pursue the call of God, uh, that, God came, that came from heaven, that, that as you pursued it, it, it'll help you to get to heaven. It'll help you to get to where it came from, amen? So we need to understand that. But then also, Paul talks about another calling, and the way he describes it in Acts chapter 26, verse 19, he says, whereupon, O King Agrippa, Paul was testifying before King Agrippa, and he was giving a testimony of his of his encounter that he had with Jesus Christ, and which created a transformation, where where, he, where the Lord interrupted his life and on the road to Damascus. And he's telling a te- he's testifying, but then he, he tells him that how God pulled him off, that God knocked him off his high horse, and he fell to the ground. And there was a light that shone on him that was brighter than the, the, the sun, and and how God blinded him, and then the Lord Jesus spoke to him. And told him that he was going to be a, 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 a reacher of people. That he was going to get, turn people's hearts from the heart of, from Satan to a God. Can I hear an amen? That he was going to pull people out of darkness. And he was defying his calling. He was telling them about his calling right there, right when he got saved. And he describes it here in verse 19. Whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient until the heavenly vision. He described it as vision, the calling of God. Because when you think about it, because your vision will define your calling. Your vision will define your calling. Your vision will define your calling. So when you understand that, here let me give you a little background. When my wife and I came here, we came here to Living Word 23 years ago. And, and, and we were tore up from the floor up. We were beat up from the feet up. Hello, somebody. We had nothing going on, man. We had uh, Saturday night uh, 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 WWF Smackdown in my house. Every time the cops coming over, uh, you know, the L.A. County Sheriff's po- pounding on the door. All the neighbors scared about, you know, everything that's going on. How many know what I'm talking about? You ever been there? You might be right there right now. It's okay. You're in a good place. Uh, God has his hand on your life. But I remember the condition we came in into the house of God. That was what we were involved in. Uh, You know, it was 23 years ago. And the only calling we had in our lives, we were called to make each other miserable as possible. And I'm here to tell you and we pursued it with all our heart, all our mind and all our strength. Uh, we exerted all our energy to make each other I to make my wife miserable and she did a good job making me miserable too. Can I hear an amen? We had no vision. Our vision was tainted. Uh, we had no purpose. We came to church. Uh, we came and, and, and we went to the altar and God delivered us. And we went and, and laid our hearts down. Uh, and we, we received Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior. And then we got up. Uh, but everything didn't resolve in that one altar call. Hello, somebody. It didn't resolve. Uh, we were there, though we tried to make it look like it was, everything was good on the outside, uh, but we were still arguing on the way to church. Hello, somebody. But when we got to church, we had, you know, we we're at, on the, in the car. We we're talking, oh, man, you know, what are you doing? You know, Just at each other. And then you get out of the church, uh, to the church, open the door. God bless you guys. How you doing? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Oh, yeah. And my wife, oh, sister. And I'm looking at her, man she's a good actor she's acting i gotta get my act together and then we walked in the kid the kids are all tormented and everything looking all crazy like what's going on then we would come into church and we would sit in the second row and we, the pastor would be preaching we be look yeah amen but we'll be sending each other notes my wife would send me a note they weren't love notes Believe me, I wish I would have kept them. I could have used them against her. She would write me a note. I hate you. You're stupid. I'll get the note. Okay, I'm looking at pastor preaching. All right. That's cool. And so I made it look like I'm taking notes from the sermon, but I'm writing a note to my wife. Hello. I said, you're stupider because you're with me. <laughs> she goes, I hate you. Wait till we get out of here. And man, we would be fighting back and forth back and forth we had no vision we were barely able to see to make it to church can I hear an amen somebody oh but thank God for the power of the Holy Ghost uh, thank God for the anointing of God uh, thank God for the man of God that didn't compromise in the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ thank God for the vision of the house uh, the vision of living word of reaching teaching mending and sending uh, and we kept coming uh, though we were beat up uh, though we were t- Up, Uh, Though we were fighting the night before, didn't even sleep, uh, we would get up. Something drove us to church. Uh, We had to get to church uh, because there was something happening in the house of God. Uh, There was life. uh, There was purpose. uh, There was meaning. Uh, The word of God was being preached under the unction and the power of the Holy Ghost. Our life was being transformed. Uh, We were brought back to life. And the vision came alive. The vision of the house of reaching, teaching, mending, sending. We begin to catch the vision. Turn to your neighbor and say, Have you caught the vision? If they say, haven't tell them, you're missing out. See what happened. We didn't come into the house of God and then been here years and then we, you know, went to lunch and said, well, what should we, you know, should we pursue the call of God? Let's try to figure this out. What is the call of God? Well, I know I'm called to eat. Hello, somebody. Hello. I can see a lot of you are called to eat too. Hello. Well, you know, I know I'm called to, you know, to, and then you get weird. I'm talking about the call of God, pursuing the call of God valuing the call of God the importance of the call of God and those that thirst for the call of God that want to really do what God's called you to do while the call of God came right when Paul was talking about the heavenly vision because your vision will define your calling see when you come to church and you begin to catch the vision and it's eternalized in your spirit it's real of reaching, teaching, mending, sending. Then automatically you begin to pursue your calling. Is where the vision is being preached. The vision brings life. That's why the Bible says in Proverbs, where there is no vision, the people perish. Or they run aimlessly. They have no direction. Because everybody doing their own vision. Everybody pursuing their own, what they feel they're called to do. See, some people hear the vision, but don't know the vision. People hear the vision, and it's a familiar to hear it. Oh yeah, reach, teach, mend, and send. And they want the call of God, but they want it without the vision. It's separated from the vision. Oh yeah, the vision of reaching, teaching, mend, and sending. But God's doing a new thing in me. I got my, you know, I, I want to pursue this vision that I have. And she sits in the second row and the brothers all the way in sinner's row, and he caught a vision. Oh, you, you'll get it later on the way home. Maybe after you eat the cake it's going to kick in. They want the call of God without the vision and when you and people that don't don't understand that the call of God, it comes from the vision as you allow the vision to hit you as you begin to believe it, the vision of the house. As you begin to believe in reaching, teaching, bending, sending, that's a whole lot of stuff. It reminds me of Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, when the Great Commission, when Jesus says, Go, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. And teaching them how to obey the, the word. And not only that, but he'll be with you until the very end of age. That is the vision. Go. It, it means to go to, to reach people. To reach out. To reach out. To get beyond our, our own life. And to reach out. And you you all we need to do, when you think about it, all you need is work. God planted you. The vision is in the house. You don't need a pulpit to fulfill the vision. Hello, somebody. You are the pulpit. When you think about pulpit, you are pulling people out of the pit. Pulpit. You're pulling people out of the pit. Can I hear an amen, somebody? And everybody here... You don't have to be anywhere. You don't have to be given a a title. You don't have to be placed in a a leadership. Man, you have the Holy Ghost. Uh, You have the vision. Uh, You have the ability to reach uh, at every level of your life, at your job, at your workplace, in your home. Start with your kids. Can I hear an amen, somebody? Start reaching your kids. Oh, my God. When you begin to do that, you begin to fulfill the call of God in your life. Then God begins to bring out the purpose of why you exist. And you begin to find yourself in God. And then you begin to pursue. Next thing you know, you're moving somewhere. And you're pursuing the the call of God without having to think it out or plan it out. Uh, Well, for six months, I'll start doing this. Uh, I'll start doing that. I got to start doing this to get the... No, it'll just happen naturally. Because that's the way the Lord had intended it. That's why we got a vision in this house. The vision of, of the house. All we do there in chino Hills is everything I learned here. I'm still doing the same thing: reaching, teaching, mending, sending. It doesn't get old. It just gets more exciting. Can I hear an amen, somebody? God c- continues uh, just to move it. It just blows my mind. We just stay focused on the vision. I preach the vision. That's why things are happening in Chino Hills because uh, we preach the vision. Uh, we preach the word of God, the vision that was imparted to me. I'm imparting to the people there in Chino Hills, uh, and people are responding to it. People are pursuing the call of God because they have vision. Well, you don't know, I, I want to go to a class that's pursuing the call of God. Three easy steps. Man, take your steps And your easy routing, kick it to the curb. Can I hear an amen, somebody? Every service that you have that our pastor preaches will motivate you with the vision that will lead you to your calling. That will lead you to your calling. And you don't have to be sent out move the oh yeah I'm gonna wait till I'm sent out to to, to you know exercise the vision no the vision is for now Amen. you because we start now I, I tell Amen. people and she know the vision you gotta exercise it now Amen. in the house reaching out to the people that are coming reaching out to the community reaching out then teaching them those that have been here for a while you got so much word in you you're spiritually fat Come on. Come on. you gotta get on a spiritual treadmill Amen. And put the word and get rid of that chicken. Put that word in front of you. A little chicken wing. You got to start teaching. You got to start imparting and teaching the new converts that come in. Pastor can't do it all, but then you got to be very careful. That when you begin to tread on those waters, it's very tempting to begin to draw people to yourself. And you're not the shepherd of the house then you're not helping the vision, you're calling division. We got them there in Chino Hills too. We got to bring them in line. We got to make sure that they're, they're healthy and their spirit is healthy and their motive is healthy. I re- that's all we, my wife and I used to do when we were with Pastor Rubin there in, in Buena Park. When we first got saved, we got lit with the Holy Ghost. We got lit with vision, man. And at the beginning, we just naturally wanted to help the new people that came. And my wife and I, once we got our act together a little bit, hello, somebody, we were able to see a little bit. But we, we would, we would uh, after about a year, we, we would walk in and we would look in the back and we would see all the people, the new people. And then we would go to the front and sit down and get full of the word. But right after, we would take off to go look for those people. To go look for those that were the stragglers that came that God was trying to bring into the fold. They were looking for a place to to, 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 to plant themselves, and we would run over there, and we would introduce ourselves to them. I would run to the cars a lot because they would take off real fast. I would run to the cars. And my wife would run to the cars, and we would hit them in there. We would say, man, where are you guys going? Uh, hey, this is your first time here. How did you get here, man? I'm here to tell you, man, you came to the right place. Uh, there's life in here. Hey, can I get your number? Hey, you, you want to get together? You want to do something? Uh, and they looked at me like I was some weirdo. This dude's a stalker. But then they came back. And they looked for us. Hey. Because we reached out to them. And then they they would give me their number. And then we would call them. And they would would come over our house. And they would come and hang out at our house. And I had new people that, that were coming in. Why? Because you know what? My wife and I, it took over a year to find our church there at, at Buena Park. For a year, we, my wife and I, when we decided, man, we got to get up. We, man, we're going to destroy each other. I'm going to go up going to prison or you're going to end up going to prison. <laughs> right? Thank God we didn't have no guns. But we had a lot of knives, but I hit them. Oh, I got to tell you this story, Man. When, my pastor told me i could tell stories so i'm gonna tell some stories man one night me and my wife were fighting man and arguing and man going back and forth uh, man and you know, we were just man she was breaking stuff up and i was holding her down and all of a sudden like that and i got tired you ever got tired because that's a good fight when you get tired right but you got to make sure you could rest safely Anyway, I said, I don't want to fight no more. I, man, I'm going to bed. This is a way. Man, I'm out of here. And she was like, what? You know, and I, I'm out of here. I'm going to bed. And I went to my room, and I laid down. And I laid down, and I just happened to turn around. I don't know why I felt something. And I turned around. She has a knife. She's over there like this. Look <laughs> And then I turned around. She went, what? I go, what are you, what are you doing? What? No, nothing. Go to sleep. Go to sleep. <laughs> I, said, I said, I ain't that stupid. Hello, somebody. <laughs> she goes, go to sleep. Go ahead. Go. And I said, I ain't going to sleep. What do you got in your, behind your back? Nothing, nothing. And I, you know, then we, I got the knife from her. And I said, what the heck are you doing? So I, had a, I got all the knives in the house. She had a cut steak and everything with butter knives. I got all the knives in the house and I got rid of them. How am I going to cut the chicken? I don't know. Figure it out, man. Do, you know, karate chop. What? I ain't giving you no knives. Anyway, how did I, what did I say? Oh, oh, because I got a chance to tell a story. Hello. But that's how bad it was in our house. That's how bad things were happening within our our, our, our situation and our lifestyle. But then when we began to look for a church, because we got so caught up, man, we were fighting so much, we were getting tired. And so we started looking for a church, and we went to, we used to live in Pico Rivera. We went to every church in Pico Rivera, we, and we would go to the church, and we would visit, and the worship would be good, the preaching would be dynamic but not that much anointing but it was you know we were in the desert anything was good hello somebody anything was good man we were just man and, and i remember we would sit there and then we would wait around after and we would stand in the front where everybody and nobody would talk to us everybody would come out and it was like we weren't there and i went do i smell and then my wife would tell me no because you're mad dogging everybody you had that mad dog face, man. What are they, yeah, right? Are... <laughs> and I go, because I'm tripping, man. How come nobody, everybody's walking right by me? So she goes, don't stop looking like that. And we went back. So I had a smile. <laughs> How y'all doing, man? And it's still shining the sun. We went to another church, same thing happened. Boom! It was okay. Everything was fine, and but nobody would talk to us. Amen. Nobody would talk to us. Amen. Nobody would. They would walk right by. Then to take it even a step further, we would go. Okay, after Sunday, everybody left, and we would go to uh, go eat. And we went to this one restaurant, and uh, and and all the people from the church were there, and one of the assistant pastors. And so we walk. Oh, there they are. Maybe we, you know, they'll notice us now. And we walked by, and we said, "Hey, hey." How you guys doing? And they didn't even acknowledge. They looked at us like they didn't know who we were. Remember? Remember, Laura? I wanted to turn their table. I wanted to be like Jesus, turn their table over. (laughs) So it was a whole year of trying to look for a church. So we knew what that felt like. And so when we found our home there with Living Word, right there in Buena Park. We had a heart for the people that were coming, the new people. And we wanted to greet them. We wanted to make them feel welcome. We wanted to let them know that they got a place here and that there's a church that loves them, man. Because we got kicked to the curb the whole year. But then I thought about it later. Then I said, oh, man, thank God I didn't welcome me. Hello, somebody, because then we wouldn't end up here. Hello, somebody. But anyway, but we had a heart for them people, man we had a heart for them people and and we would do that and we were reaching people and and how God just develops a you as you begin to get out of yourself and you begin to do the vision even though we didn't really know what the vision was but we just had a part of it but it was being preached uh, and so it was being caught we were catching it because we were listening to everything uh, and we were making the altar call and we wanted what was in the house because uh, everything we needed was in the house we didn't have to look everywhere uh, where else we didn't have to go follow this people over here somebody's coming to preach over here oh special Hilly but we didn't need all that everything was in the house Uh, everything is in the house Uh, you got to stop listening to that's why you don't know what you're called to do you're listening to too many voices you're listening to too many voices you got to have one voice that's God and the man of God that's preaching the gospel can I hear an amen somebody are you following are you learning something tonight then when you find the, as you begin to be you know as the vision begins to be imparted in your life and you begin to believe the vision and it becomes real then you begin to pursue your calling and it's automatically and things begin to happen but once you begin to get that vision and you begin to feel a a, a direction for your life then there's certain things that you need to do number one when you think about it, passion will ignite your calling. Then you got to get light up that calling, man. You got to get on fire for God. Can I hear an amen somebody? You got to get your passion and all of us have passion. All of us you were passionate about things in the world. We were all passionate about things that were even hurting us and destroying us. Can I hear an amen somebody? You got to get all that passion that God created you with uh, and direct it to the call of God and ignite the call of God within your life. Get lit for Jesus. Can I hear an amen somebody pursuit the god the pursuit the one that's given you the calling his name is jesus you got to be passionate about it. Passion is an intense desire or enthusiasm for something. It's a fervor uh, or a fire, it's a zeal. It's it's excitement. It's not emotions. It's something that stems from the core of who you are uh, that that it's there and you're so passionate uh, about it. You can't wait to get to church. Uh. You can't wait to get into prayer in the morning. You know that the presence of God is there waiting for you and you're passionate about it. Can I hear an amen somebody? It ignites your calling when you get passion. The first powerful sign of God's calling is passion. When you're excited about the things of God, man, you can't you can't live without it. Uh, man we've been there for 16 years Uh, this is our 16th year there in Chino Hills uh, and praise God uh, God is doing great things Uh, man the church is full right now man man God is bringing in people we're not even reaching out but people are responding people are coming in Uh, this is new people that are coming in uh, and we talk to them after and they say man man things are happening something happened in my life Uh, and people are coming in not the way that they used to come in they're coming in with a desire to get a hold of God Uh, they they find out we're having a Friday night uh, uh, connect groups they want to find out where that's at they want to know about all our services Uh, they don't just come to view they come to get a hold of God and they come to join the church usually they're there for months before they say people are saying on their front man this is my church Uh, why because they can feel life uh, because there's vision in the house Uh, there's there's purpose that is there there's things that are being preached that are moving their heart to be passionate about God passion man some of us been in the house of God for a long time and you're losing your passion you're losing your fire they say well when you get a little older in the Lord you get more you know mature and you get more you know conservative because you're one of them Saints that just you know you've done all that, and and you know, and then you look at other people that are on fire for God, you say, Oh, they're gonna be like that, but there's gonna be a season where all oh, that's gonna change. That's a lie from the pit of hell. The more you know God, the more you love God, the more you get closer to the fire. The Bible says our God is a consuming fire. The more you get closer to God, the more you get on fire for God. You might not be able to move like you did when you were 20. When you get a little older but it's burning inside and you do your best to to express it. Can I hear an amen somebody? I don't like to hold back anything that God is doing inside of me. Everything that God is doing inside of me and has done for me, it all belongs to God. Uh, and if God wants me to give him a shout of praise, uh, if God wants me to hoot and holler and yell and, and spit all over the place, I'm going to do it for God. Uh, it doesn't matter. Can I hear an amen somebody? We did it for the devil. We act like a fool. for the devil hello somebody man how much more can we do and act for God uh, and be on fire for God Uh, don't lose your passion don't lose that fire man let it burn Uh, I don't know about you but I plan on preaching the gospel till the very day that Jesus takes me can I hear an amen somebody or he comes for me Uh, I ain't gonna retire I'm not gonna get burned out hello somebody how can you get burned out with a God that will fuel your fire that will continue to fill you and give you life Uh, our God is a life giver he gives us light and life uh, light and life uh, life and light uh, when you get full of God passion you got to stir it up some of us you know you've been hearing the same the vision on you and it got dull it gets dull you know why it got dull because you never caught it. And you never believed in it. And you never applied it. The vision works if you work it. It takes a lot of work. I like what my pastor says. It takes a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. That's why not many people are doing it. It takes labor. It takes sacrifice. It takes putting our plans on, on hold. And putting what God has first In our life, seeking first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness. When you begin to do that, man, that's where everything happens. And it's worth it because God will bless you anyway. My wife and my, my family and myself, we're blessed. God's blessed us. And I don't deserve anything. I don't deserve anything. All I know is I've been forgiven much. And when you're forgiven much, you loveth much because of that God has my heart and no matter whatever he wants from me I've come to a place I've surrendered everything I ain't got nothing to lose I'm not as young as I used to be anymore I got a little bit more sense now and I decided man I'm gonna spend the rest of my life I'm gonna spend it on God I did foolish things when I was younger I wasted a lot of time I wasted a lot of time made some mistakes and did a lot of things but i d- decided now no more i'm going to waste my time wisely in the things of god i'm going to give him my best can i hear that because he gave me his best and he's blessed to he's blessed my family he's blessed the church god is a good god he's an awesome god he doesn't call you to a place of suffering you'll suffer if you don't change if you don't yield to him, if you don't re- surrender certain things within your life, if he, you don't allow him to empty you out, if you don't allow the Holy Ghost uh, to clean you up, uh, then he's going to bring some suffering by fire that some stuff has to come out by fire. But through it all, because God's trying to get us somewhere. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. And he looks at your life from the end to the beginning. He sees where, what he created you to be. He sees what he plans for you. And it's a good thing because God is good. And then he looks there and he looks where you're at. And he says, man, I got to get my son, my daughter to where they need to be. I want to be able to bless them. I want to be able to show them how good I am. But a lot of times we don't cooperate. A lot of times we... We ain't got time. A lot of times he's trying to wake you up in the morning and to, before you can draw close to him. And you don't. You take off. That's why we're dry. That's why there's no life in you. That's why when they preach about the vision, nothing registers in you. Because it's all in the natural mindset. It doesn't make sense. Okay, reach, teach me. That's a good slogan or that sounds good. You know, let's just put it on the banner. But what else do we got to do? No, you're cardinal minded. God is trying to get your attention. We're living in some crazy times right now. We're, we're living in, Man, Jesus could crack the clouds very, any day now and come back. And I don't know about you, but I want to be doing what he called me to do when that happens. I don't want him to catch me sleeping or without any oil in this vessel. Some of us need to get stirred up again. We need to get lit for God again. We need to get on fire. And we need to... Open our hearts and let the word of God penetrate us. And let the vision come alive in you. The vision, man, reaching, teaching, mending, sending. That's so powerful. It's so powerful. It's real. And it produces good things. It produces good things. But you got to work it, you got to roll your sleeves up, you got to get out of being comfortable. Of comfortable and and, and just having fun and comfortable. You got to get out of that. There'll there'll be time for the fun, but because believe me, it's a ride. There'll be time for all that, but focus on what God has for your life. Focus on what's happening in your church. You're planted. If you're planted here and you're feeding off what's being preached, it should do something to you. It should move you. It's not the preacher's fault. It's not the seed that's wrong, it's the ground. Why things ain't being produced. As we all stand on our feet. I'm telling you, when you begin to catch the vision, and it's internalized in your spirit, then you automatically, you begin to pursue your call. My wife and I are evident of that. That's all we did. We didn't pursue the call. We didn't. We didn't pursue the call. We just got infected with the vision. The vision was real inside of us. And we began to move in the vision. In the direction that the church was moving in. What was being preached and everything that was being said. That hit us. And then we found ourselves moving in a calling. That's how we found it. We didn't go to no class. And I'm not not mocking classes or anything like that. I'm not. Those things are, are good. But the vision, man, the vision, if you plug into that, everything that you need is right there, man. As every head is bowed and every eye closed in the presence of the Lord. Heavenly Father, we thank you tonight, God. For everything that you're doing. I thank you for this house. I thank you for my pastor. I thank you, God, for those that you brought here tonight. Holy Spirit, begin to move right now. Begin to move right now. Holy Spirit, begin to move right now. Begin to move in this house right now, God. For you know exactly where each and one of us are at, my God. You know the condition of our heart. You know our life. And you're here, God, to to build us up. You're here, God, to to make things right. To set things right in us. I thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing. I thank you for your spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, Ramari Tayana, Rana, Rana, Oh, Rabarika Tayanda, Spirit of God. Oh, Rabarika Tayanda. Oh, come on. Let's be just worship the Lord right now. Oh, Rabarika, Jesus. Oh, no, 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 no,